What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Podcast. Um, sorry that uh, I couldn't do my podcast yesterday. You know, um, I was a little bit tired. You know, um, um, so yeah, I just get a little bit of rest. You know, um, get more energy in my body. Um, but anyways, guys, um, there's a report um today. Um, that the New York Giants will not pursue a Deshaun Watson trade. Um, um, my thoughts on this, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, Joe Judge clearly said Daniel Jones is, he's the franchise's quarterback, and that he will not pursue a trade. Even with a, a, a big talent like Deshaun Watson. Um, what I got to say about this, um, you know, um, the Giants completely sold on the Giants. Obviously, the Giants are completely sold on Daniel Jones. Um, Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge have each made that abundantly clear. It's for that reason. Um, it should come as as little. It's for that reason. It should come as little surprise that the Giants will not um, be uh, pursuing a potential trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, um, Jordan, uh, you know, look at this isn't, this isn't just my opinion anymore. You know, this is confirmed. You know, the Giants are not going to be in on Deshaun Watson or any other quarterback. Daniel Jones is their guy. Book that. Now, many felt Gellerman and Judge were blowing smoke when it came to Jones simply, simply because he was under contract, but that theory has now met, met its end. They have hitched their wagon to the former Duke product, and he's either going to lead the team to prominence, or he's not going to cost people their jobs. That's where, that's where we're at right now. There's no longer any sense in debating it. As far as Watson, a trade never seemed likely from the get-go. Not only had the Giants already committed themselves to Jones, there was no meeting any of the rumored trade demands. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two young defensive starters. It's simply a cost too high for a team struggling, struggling like the Giants with depth. Where Watson ends up, if, he, if he's even trade, even if he's traded at all, it remains to be seen. But it will not be for the. It, he will not end up with the Giants. Thank you, God. So, um, you know, and like I said, Deshaun Watson, great talent, great quarterback. Got he got, he got potential. He can play. You know. You know he can move. He's a great quarterback. He'll always be a top five quarterback in my opinion. But I still believe in Daniel Jones. I still believe Daniel Jones has talent. I still believe Daniel Jones can lead us to to a good path. So, yeah. But yeah, that's all I have. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that. Hey right, guys, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys really quick. On Dallas Cowgirls, Dallas Cow Trash. I don't care what you want to say. This team is garbage. Um, guys, um, there's a report today, um, that the, uh, there's a report, um, you guys know who Von Miller is, Von Miller, uh, who, who, Von Miller, he's obviously, uh, he plays for the Broncos, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion, uh, I think, he, I think he's, he's probably, I'm not trying to say he's a top five, but I think he's a, 
he's so, he's somewhere on my list. You know, he's a great player. Um, could the Dallas Cowboys uh could the Dallas Co- Cowboys bring Von Miller to Big D? Um, look, roster churning for the Dallas Cowboys is an everyday uh prop uh proposal. Um, so leaking big uh, names with this team is surely nothing new. I have been keeping a close eye on Denver Broncos pass rusher, you know, Von Miller, and the deteriorating situation going on in Mile High City that could positively affect the Dallas Cowboys' plans. Before I get to what's going on in Denver, I would like to point out a few facts, you know, about uh, the love affair Von Miller has with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, prior to the 2011 draft, uh, Texas A&M pass rusher and top prospect Von Miller was asked where his preferred landing spot uh, would be. And his reply wasn't shocking, as he named the Dallas Cowboys as a place where he wanted to go. You see, Von Miller is a DeSoto, Texas native, and that is where he and his family grew up, rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he's a big Cowboys fan. Um, That by itself isn't a destination link as Denver Broncos great John Elway also grew up watching America's team as a kid. His comments after that are also intriguing as he wanted to be drafted by Washington if the Dallas Cowboys bypassed him with the ninth overall selection so he can beat the team he grew up watching. All of that was for not as the Broncos selected Von Miller with the second overall pick. The Super Bowl 50 MVP didn't play this past season and finished the year on injured reserve. But more importantly, Miller hasn't played in the playoffs since since their Super Bowl victory against the Carolina Panthers. With question marks surrounding the quarterback position and first round, and first time head coach Vic Bangio, the question of what to do with Miller has arisen. Back in January of 2019, Von Miller's mother, who was also frustrated by Denver's inability to put together a playoff team sounded off and suggested that Miller's agent should contact Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. Obviously, she was obviously um she was referring the team to Trey Miller to the Dallas Cowboys. But the Dallas Cowboys could find themselves in a position where they could acquire the talented pass rusher without having to give up any draft capital. The Denver Broncos currently sit with about $15 million of uh, salary cap space. That is just enough space to sign their rookie draft class, so so creating more space to try and bringing young foundation pieces should be the priority of new general manager George Payton. Um, the first order of business will, will be what to do with Miller and the money he is owed. Um, you see, Von Miller is in the year of his six-year, $114 million deal. The interesting part about all of this is the Broncos can gain $18 million of cap space by declining the final year of his contract. That would make Miller, obviously, an unrestricted free agent and free to join the Dallas Cowboys. Anytime a question arises about Miller's playing, about Miller's playing future, the Dallas Cowboys always seem to become the threat he uses as leverage to get what he wants he either realizes that he can use the Cowboys brand for leverage or he would or he really would like to play for the team he and his family grew up watching I'm this is what I'm this is what I'm thinking I'm thinking that 
Both are true, but you would have to ask Miller himself to be sure. Now everybody was now everybody would ask why the Broncos just don't trade Miller as the new GM as reportedly said he would like Miller back but not at his current price tag. Miller is currently undergoing an unspecific investigation that is clouding his future. I cannot say for certain what the issue is, even if I try and read between the lines. But if this investigation is not cleared up by the beginning of the new league year, Von Miller could find himself in the free agency market for the first time in his career, as he is guaranteed $7 million if he is still on the Broncos roster. I highly doubt, I highly doubt there be a team that would take on Miller's contract give up the capital needed to acquire his services and pay him what he is owed without knowing what the outcome of this investigation will be. Miller has plenty of, don't get me wrong, Von Miller, even though he's 31 years old, and I, I understand he's not the same anymore, he's, he's always getting hurt, Von Miller still has plenty of juice left. As he is on, as he, you know, like I said, as he's only 31 years old, but with the uncertainty of the salary cap and a majority of the teams over it, Trading him feels like a reach unless he agrees to restructure, to restructure his deal to give his new team some relief. Here's what I expect. I expect Miller to be released sometime this offseason and an opportunity opens up, opens up for the Dallas Cowboys to upgrade their defensive line. I suspect that Miller will get uh, from, the, from the Cowboys close to what Alan Smith will be asking this offseason. The Dallas Cowboys are also quite thin in the edge rushing department. And although I love Randy Gregory, depending on him to play a full season, could put this defense in a worse position than it was in last year. Von Miller in the LEO role, in a left edge rusher role, opposite of the Marcus uh, Lawrence. It's, it's pretty exciting when you think about it. Opposite of the Marcus um, Lawrence. It's pretty exciting when you think about it. Oh, uh, opposite the Marcus Lawrence, it's pretty exciting when you think about it. So look, this is all, this is all speculative, and like you, I have to wait on what the Broncos will decide. But Denver feels like they need to rebuild, and the honest and decent thing to do is to allow the storied player to try and find one last successful moment in his career by allowing him to leave. Now, is there a possibility, you know, because yet again, who's the owner? It's Jerry Jones. <sighs> like I said, I still, Dallas, they have a really young team, you know. But, hey, you know, anything's possible in this in today's game, you know. Obviously, you're bringing in a locker room, you're bringing in the locker room present that, Obviously, uh, Von Miller, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer in my book, you know. Um, obviously, you're bringing in a, a veteran, you know, and let's see how it goes. Um, yeah, I just, I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen. Okay, guys, let's talk about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, 
So guys, um, Carson, it's just been, so you guys, I, guys, it's never gonna, it never gets old. Um, obviously, um, the, uh, Carson, the Carson Wentz trade offers are getting aggressive each and every day. Um, Carson Wentz maybe it looks like Carson Wentz maybe inching closer to getting his wish. Um, the Eagles, uh, according to uh, there's a report uh, today. Uh, this was two days after Adam Schefter uh, said the court after this is two days after uh, Adam Schefter said uh, Carson Wentz wants to leave uh, the franchise, even after they hired a new head coach in Nick Sirianni. Um, the Eagles have received aggressive offers for Wentz. Um, so obviously, Wentz lost his starting job late in the season after a decline in play with Doug Peterson turning to rookie Jalen Hurts for the final four games. That led to reports of Wentz and Peterson having a damaged relationship with Wentz expected to request a trade after the season. Since then, the Eagles fired Peterson and hired Sarani. But Wentz has not been heard from publicly, and his feelings reportedly have not changed. Les Brown tweeted Friday, I've talked to an NFL source, not with the Eagles, who hears a Wentz trade is close. That isn't first-hand information. I do feel that the longer we go without Wentz saying something like, I'm happy to be an Eagle and excited about playing for Nick Sirianni, the closer we get. NFL Network also reported Thursday that teams had begun calling the Eagles about a Wentz trade. The 28-year-old, uh, Car- the 28-year-old Carson Wentz is owed $25.4 million in 2021 as part of a four-year, uh, $128 million extension he signed in 2019. If the Eagles trade him, they would be they would be hit with $33.8 million in dead cap uh, money this year. Still, the Eagles could grant Wentz his wish for uh, the right uh, return. You know, Adam Schefter said yesterday on 97.5 at Fanic in Philadelphia, they will listen, absolutely listen. And if a team makes the right offer, there will be a trade that will be made. But if a team doesn't make the right offer, I think they'll be open on uh, they'll be open to bringing him back and having. Uh, him compete in camp with Jalen Hurts. Here's my opinion on all of that. To me, it could go either way. Just because he would like to be moved, you know, it doesn't mean he, it doesn't mean he will be. But if I had to guess, I would guess he is traded. But again, they're not looking to get rid of him. They're not. You know, um, and this is where it comes to being a good. This is where it comes to being a head coach. The head coach, it all comes down to, uh, it always comes down to the head coach and the quarterback. Always come, that always comes first. Because the head coach and the quarterback, they're the ones controlling the game. You know, the quarterback, whatever the coach calls, the quarterback's going to, he's going to do that play on the field. You know, so obviously next round he believes in Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz wants to leave. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But like I said, it could go either way. And like I said, Carson Wentz wants to leave. You know? And like I said uh, two days ago, when I was talking about this, 
you have to give your players the chance they need. And obviously, obviously Carson Wentz, he doesn't want to take any more chances with the Eagles. He wants, he wants to uh, take a different path with a new team. But next Ronnie is like, next Ronnie was in his path, and he was like, no, 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 you're staying with me. But let's see what happens. Okay, guys, um, um, guys, um, I just I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick, um, and the reason why, because of Roger Goodell, I was saying today that Colin Kaepernick deserves our recognition. Kaepernick's presence, um, will be felt throughout the weekend in Tampa, um, so, that's, that's what uh, Roger Goodell said. What's my thoughts on this? Um, look, Colin Kaepernick was briefly mentioned during NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's Super Bowl 55 press conference on Thursday ahead of, of the Kansas City Chiefs matchup against the Buccaneers amid the NFL's increased awareness about social justice, social justice issues. Goodell said that he was thankful that uh, the former 49ers quarterback raised concerns with he did four years ago. You know, um, um, you know, um, Kaepernick told reporters, um, I said very clearly back in June that we wish we had listened to our players earlier. And we had a lot of players that were coming and bringing these issues to us. It didn't, it didn't start last summer. It started over two years ago, and we've been working with the players' uh, coalition over that period of time. So, look, Goodell added Colin was one of the individuals who obviously brought a great deal of attention to this. And for that, he deserves our recognition for that and appreciation. Goodell expressed remorse over the summer about, obviously, obviously, you know, to Kaepernick sooner when he was kneeling during the national anthem to raise awareness about ra- uh, racial injustice and police brutality. Look it, I wish we had listened earlier. Uh, I wish we had listened earlier, Cap, to what you were kneeling. Look it, if I was... Look it, one of, uh, one of the reporters on Fox in August was saying was telling Kaepernick this, I wish we had listened earlier to what you were kneeling about and what you were trying to bring attention to. We had invited him in several times to have the conversation, to have the dialogue. I wish we had the benefit of that. We never did. We would have benefited from that absolutely. In the wake of George Floyd's death, Yanifo and Goodell released a video statement saying Black Lives Matter. Now, um, Kaepernick may, look at here, Kaepernick may not may not be making an appearance on the field at the Super Bowl, but his presence was felt through the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Ben and Jerry's put up billboards with 
the ex-quarterback's face on them to, pr- to promote his activism, uh, with his activism. So, you know, Kaepernick, I think Kaepernick uh, deserves, from my honest opinion, I think Kaepernick deserves way more than recognition. And I think he deserves his job back. You know, Colin Kaepernick never did anything wrong. You know, Kaepernick was standing up for his race because we all know that blacks have been going through hell been going through, they've went through tough times over the years. Ever since the 16, 17, 1800s, blacks have always been dealt with in a bad and disgusting way. Called dirty names. So I think Kaepernick, he doesn't deserve recognition. He he just doesn't deserve, uh, he doesn't deserve apologies. He deserves his job back, you know? Like I said, he wasn't doing it to just, he wasn't doing this to piss off Democrats. He was doing this because he wants to help, he wants to help his own nation out. So, nothing is ever wrong with doing the right thing. You know? So guys, um, I want to talk about Washington, or the Washington no-namers. Um, you guys heard, uh, looks like uh, Washington, they're not with Alex Smith. Um, it looks like, so in my honest opinion, I think the Washington football team could go after Deshaun Watson, you know? And here's why, um, look. Washington's quest for a quarterback did not end with a failed attempt to land Matthew Stafford. That pursuit could last for a few months, and then some. Washington, <clears throat> Washington offered its first and third round picks in the 2021 NFL Draft to the uh, Detroit Lions for Stafford, but lose out to the Rams. One source said Washington offered no players. The deal shows Washington will be aggressive if there's a quarterback it likes, but won't go overboard. We've got to make sure we find, you know, uh, Ron Rivera said today, we've got to make sure we find the right right quarterback. Now, is it, a, now look at, is it imperative to find the right guy now? No, not necessarily. So, obviously, Washington might prefer a mobile quarterback, but it's still not, uh, it's still not possible. One of the beauties of what, you know, Rivera said one of the beauties of what we do offensively is we're not stuck on one particular style of play for our quarterback. We're stuck on the right kind of person. You know, as Washington, it looks like as Washington searches for that person, one who would re- uh, represent an upgrade over his current group of Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke. Here's a look at, at some scenarios that I think could play out this offseason. Okay, so I think one scenario that could happen. I think the I think one scenario that I, that I think Washington could do is run it back with Alex Smith. 
you know, Rivera said he has talked with Smith, and bringing the veteran back as the starter remains a possibility because there's a solid chance Smith wants to keep playing. If Washington can't find an upgrade over Smith and is confident he can hold up for a 16-game season, it will stick with him. The team could the team could build up other areas of the offense, the line, the offense line, and the wide receiver core, and possibility draft a quarterback to develop, then aggressively pursue another quarterback in 2022. Washington believes the tr- trial of Smith, Allen, and Heineke can deliver nine or ten wins, with upgrades elsewhere on offense and if de- and if the defense continues to progress like it did li- uh, this season. Washington, which also has quarterback uh, Steve Monta, uh, Steven Montez under contract, believes if Alex Smith had started all season in 2020, it could have possibly won 10 games. You know, Rivera said we have four guys, and right now those are the four guys we're looking at. But also exploring options. We're in a tough situation because it's so early in the offseason. Another scenario Washington could do is obviously trade for another quarterback. Houston Texan, uh, Houston's Deshaun Watson is the ultimate prize for any team and would be for Washington. Of course, Houston has maintained it won't trade Watson. If the Texans want to test Watson's resolve, they could wait until next season and get and still get a haul. Washington has the number 19th. Washington has a my bad. Washington has a number nineteenth uh, pick this year, but even if it packaged multiple first round selections, it would have to sweeten the pot to entice the Texans, Washington's executive vice president, a player's personal, Marty Herney, uh, said. Uh, said, they don't want to mortgage the future. Rivera agrees. You know, um, look at to me, I like trades. But I don't like coming away from a trade feeling it was one-sided. If I'm if if Washington had dull, if Washington had if they would have dived into what happened with the Lions trade, you know, look at the Lions trade, which sent the Ram, which Ram sent Detroit their third-round pick in 2021. First rounders in 2022 and 2023, and quarterback Jared Goff. Look, I don't know how I would have felt if I was Ron Rivera. I'm look at to me, I would have been ambivalent to it, but I don't think that's something I would want to do if I was a head coach. If you get what you want, but you don't have what you need, then you you're creating problems. If you can't protect the quarterback, or if you don't have playmakers around them then what's the good of having that guy in there with the locker room? You know, Ron Rivera clearly said we're still building our roster. We have to be very careful with the decisions we make. Atlanta does not appear likely to trade Matt Ryan. The Jets' Sam Darnold would be an option if the Jets want to draft the quarterback with the number two overall pick, though that is far from from a certainty. Multiple NFL coaches believe Darnold can be a successful quarterback. Me, as me, I think he can be successful. With one thing, I get him right now. Mel Kiper, who uh, Mel, uh, ESPN draft analyst Mel Kiper, he was talking. He was saying this about Darnold. He hasn't been a train wreck. He's played pretty well at times and had no help. 
He's a good kid. He's motivated. I'm going to agree with him, you know? The Las Vegas Raiders have two quarterbacks in their car and Marcus Mariota, who will draw interest. It's hard to imagine... Uh, it's hard to imagine the Raider, uh, the Raiders trading their car. The one source said the expectation is if Watson is indeed available, he he could see the Raiders aggressively pursuing. Other reports have echoed that thinking, thinking, uh, thinking. Keep this in mind. Washington defensive corner Jack Darrell had a strong relationship with uh, Derek Carr during the uh, during his three seasons as the Raiders head coach. Also, the Raiders are at least $10 million over the salary cap. Marcus Mariota carries an uh, $11.35 million cap hit. Quite expensive for a backup and about half of Carr's number, numbers, which is low for a starter of his caliber. But Mariota's injury history could scare teams. And one source, one source said he would be someone you bring into... Uh, you He... Sources have been saying he would be someone you bring in to compete for a job rather than be the unquestioned starter. It's also hard to see uh, the 49ers moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo unless it, unless they get Watson. And another scenario is free agency. The only, uh, the only surefire starter who might be available would be Dak Prescott, and it's difficult to imagine Dallas letting him escape. After that, there would be a number of temporary solutions who could provide competition. If I went this route, Washington could could move on from Smith, uh, saving say, let's say at least thirteen point six million dollars in cap space. Among the uh, among the pending free agents like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, Tyra Taylor, and Andy Dolan, one NFL coach said he would add Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Joe uh, Jacoby Brissett can't even talk today. Name too, because Jacoby Brissett's arm strength, arm strength could help open up offensive coordinator Scott Turner's offense in Washington if he won the job. Another league source said Andy Dalton can be efficient and has proven that with a good defense. He can win double-digit games. Cam Newton will be free, but Rivera had a chance to sign his former Panthers player last offseason and did not do it. Though none of none of them repre- represents the sort of quarterback Washington wants long term, Jameis Winston offers the best hope because Jameis, I think, call me crazy, and even though that this man he didn't look that good with the Buccaneers, I think Jameis Winston offers the best hope because one, he's 27 years old, and he had he's thrown five, for 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 30 interceptions back in 2019. However, um, Saints uh, head coach Champagne told the NFL Network the Saints want him back. Or another scenario, the draft. Mel Kuyper said he thinks five quarterbacks will be drafted by the time Washington picks at number 19. And if any top quarterbacks remain, it's not a certainty Washington would pick one. It's such as likely or perhaps more likely it would select an offensive tackle, a wide receiver, or trade the pick for more draft assets. That could bring Washington future draft capital that could help it acquire a quarterback in 2022. The problem uh, with drafting quarterback in the middle rounds is this. Few develop into future starters. Kuyper said no quarterback in the middle rounds even project as the same level of prospects like Kirk Cousins. 
uh, when he was with Washington, when he got drafted in the fourth round back in 2012. Washington could always trade up if the quarterback starts to fall. They love mobility, and Ohio State's Justin Fields, who I'm cheering for and who I think is going to win offense rookie of the year, I think he has it. Plus, he has a makeup they like. But the question is, at what cost? North Dakota State Trey Lance is also mobile, but he's considered far more raw than the others. All of it underscores why finding a quarterback could be a long process. Rivera says nothing is off the table. So there's a lot of ways the uh, there's a lot of ways Washington can uh, can answer their quarterback situation. You know, I say they just go after a rookie quarterback, go after Justin Fields, rebuild, give him uh, you know. Give him receivers to play with because he's a great quarterback. Now, this kid threw 59 touchdowns, only three interceptions in Ohio State. And I think, to, and I still like Dwayne Haskins. But I still, I think from a football perspective, I think, uh, Damon, I think, I think Justin Fields, I think he, I think he elements plays better than Dwayne Haskins, you know? So let's just see. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about, uh, guys, I want to talk about the Super Bowl, um, to, uh, Super Bowls in two days, and guys, I'm just going to give you guys on my, um, I'm going to give you guys my full prediction, and I'm going to, I'm going to explain, explain to you the team that I have winning and why they will win. And the team that I'm picking <clears throat> is the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's why I think they can beat the Buccaneers. No one has won more Super Bowls. Here's a fun fact before I start. No one has won more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. But in a high-scoring game, Patrick Mahomes has a slight advantage. Okay, here's why I think the Chiefs can uh, upset the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. After last season's magical run, nearly everyone expected the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl this year. An appearance by the Buccaneers coming off a 7-9 season in 2019, but given new life by 43-year-old quarterback, came as more of a surprise. Florida turned out to be a, a fountain of youth for Tom Brady, and his team's last season surge has continued in the postseason, setting up a, a clash of quarterbacks some people call the GOAT. Uh, which is uh, which people want to think Brady is the goat and the baby goat, which is Patrick Mahomes, as in the greatest of all time. The both quarterbacks did not get to the championship game on Sunday by themselves. Both teams finished in the NFL's top ten in most points scored and fewest points allowed. And while this game may end up having a high score, there are likely there are, there there will be likely to be big defensive plays along the way. Here's a look at how the game should play out from. As from from me, um, here's what I see. Here's what I see when Tampa Bay has the ball. Um, look, it's it's it, look, it's really not. It's not really that hard to figure out why Brady wanted to play with the Bucks after struggling to get anything going with a mediocre group of wide receivers in his last few seasons with the Justin, with the Patriots. Brady saw limitless opportunities than Mike Evans 
and Chris Godwin. But if he was going to roll the dice with a new team, Brady didn't want to stop uh, with two Pro Bowl wide receivers. So he persuaded his old pal Rob Gronkowski, the tight end, to come out of retirement as well. When Tampa Bay's season began with inconsistency and injuries, Brady Brady lobbied the team to add Antonio Brown, who's been... Everyone now calls him the clown. He was uh, a top five receiver. Now, I still think he can be that guy. He just doesn't, he doesn't act like it. You know, vouching for him as someone whose productivity would outweigh his troubles. There were flashes of, I'm not going to lie, there, and I'm going to be truly honest, there were flashes of, of brilliance, you know, and moments of frustration for three for first, uh, for, for first three quarters of the season. But after a loss to the Chiefs in Week 12, the Buccaneers came out of their Week 13 bye looking like a new team. Over, over, the, next, over the next four weeks, Tampa Bay was 4-0 and averaged 37 points a game. The barrage has kept up in the postseason with the Buccaneers scoring at least 30 points in each of their three road games. They have a chance on Sunday to become the first NFL team to have four 30-point games in a single postseason. While uh, Tampa Bay can run effectively behind Ronald Jones and and Leonard Fournette, the expectation on Sunday is for Brady to move the ball downfield with with short and medium throws to his four elite pass catchers relying on them to gain yardage after the catch. The Chiefs will counter with a pass rush uh, spearheaded by defensive tackle Chris Jones and a secondary largely controlled by safety Tyra Matthew, who is called a, a honey badger, a run stopper, and takeaway machine. <sighs> Bashar Breeland, the Chief, who which is the Chiefs' top defensive back in terms of pass coverage, will have his hands full trying to stop Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Tom Brady is likely to put up quite a few passing yards, but Kansas City has bend, don't break defense. It may not be as intimidating as some units, Tampa Bay's included, but it has allowed the 10th fewest points in the NFL this season. So while a 300-yard game from Brady may be expected, a continuation of, of Tampa Bay's 30-point streak, which is at seven games overall, is less likely. Now, here's what I can see happening when the Chiefs have the ball. Mahomes isn't fair. He uses speed and footwork to avoid sacks the way Aaron Rodgers does. He turns busted plays into huge runs the way Russell Wilson does. And he can zip an accurate pass to a receiver with a flick of the wrist the way Dan Marino used to. While it all plays out like a tightrope act with Mahomes frequently drawing defenders and close before releasing the ball, he almost never panics, you know, showing a pre- precision in everything he does that belies the apparent improvisation. While it's easy enough to explain his effectiveness by pointing to his 4,000 yards passing or his 38 touchdown passes this season, the two most significant st- uh, statistics for Mahomes are probably his NFL best, 1% interception rate and his 38 six percent sack rate you can you can let your eyes convince you 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 can let your eyes convince you that he is being reckless but you would you would be you would be emphatically wrong as so many defenses have been 
The Chiefs' challenge was making sure they put players around Mahomes who could capitalize on his greatness. And they have two of the best in tight end. They have two. They have two of the best in tight end Travis Kelsey and wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey set a record for receiving yards by a tight end this season, averaging. Uh, Kelsey set a record for. 1,416 receiving yards by a tight end this season and will probably have top 1,500 yards as Kansas City not rested its starters in Week 17. Tyreek Hill is a touchdown threat on every play with his speed sometimes overshadowing his elusiveness, strength, and ability to make, diffi- uh, to make difficult catches and break tackles. You know, you have to understand, speed is everywhere on Kansas City's offense. You have Mahomes who can run. You have Kelsey, who is a who's an who is an unstoppable tight end to stop. You have Travis Kelsey, who's the cheetah. They don't call him that for no reason. And they also have rookie Clyde edwards alaire who's a who's added to who's who's an who's an added threat to the running game that he's been expected to be missing when Damian Williams opted out of the season. Considering Kansas City's tendency to play its best when it is challenged most. This game seems to tilt in the Chiefs' favor, you know, with the biggest uh, caveat being a caveat, you know, uh, the team's poor health on its offense line. Kansas City is expected to be without its two starting tackles and multiple guards, leaving it shorthanded against a Tampa Bay pass rush that has an extreme interior uh, push from defensive tackles Vita Vera and... Uh, Dom, uh, not the Dom, I can't say his name. The Dama Kasu. There you go. And elite edge rush, and elite edge rushing from uh, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. If Kansas City's offensive line turns into a, a sieve, a possibility because it is essentially playing a backup at every spot, Mahomes will face a lot of pressure and his scrambling ability his scrambling ability will be extremely t- will be extremely tested. That throw actually could lead to a mistake or two on throws downfield. Though relying on Mahomes to make mistakes is typically a fool's errand. So here's how it here's how it will play out. Mahomes is in a place in his in his career where it is almost impossible to doubt him. Something that should should be familiar for Brady, who was once at the same peak with New England. It is easy to see the Buckners having a good day off offensively, but even if they were to run up a significant lead, they should never feel safe, as the Chiefs have fallen behind by at least nine points in four of their last five playoff games, including last year's Super Bowl, and have won anyway. You know, Patrick Mahomes has years of accomplishments ahead of him before his career can act, can uh, uh, actually be stacked up against Brady's. But it seems like a safe bet that he will do something on Sunday that no quarterback has done since Brady um, when he won back-to-back Super Bowls. I think this is going to be a close game. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers by five points. I say the Chiefs win this game 31-26. to And Patrick Mahomes wins his second 
Super Bowl win and upsets Mr. Brady and the Buccaneers. So, guys, that's what I have for that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I hope you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy football on Sunday as we end the NFL season and we go straight into the NFL offseason. NFL free agency, guys, I'm going to remind you, it's next month. No, and yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow.